Given that treat, Ed. There you go. The treat was voted down. It didn't get a majority. Poor treat. Do you want to try and well, get Well, I don't think it went very well the first time. This is like Theresa May and her withdrawal agreement. Let's, 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 give, let's try again. How many are we going to try? This week, I went for a walk with former Labour leader and MP for Doncaster North, Ed Miliband. I'd met Ed recently when I guested on the podcast he does with Jeff Lloyd. And Ed's two sons were very taken with my dog, Raymond. So I thought I'd take Ed out on a walk with him to sell him the joys of dog ownership. We met in North London's Parliament Hill, which is near to where we both live, and it was a lovely morning. We talked about his childhood, growing up in an academic family, and the legacy of that. We chatted about losing the election and what effect that had on him personally. And he also told me about his reaction to being mistaken for Nick Clegg on the tube. Spoiler alert, there's swearing involved. I really warmed to Ed. He's very laid back and bright and funny and just generous company. But mainly I liked him because he seemed genuinely into Raymond. So he's got to be a nice guy. I really recommend his podcast, by the way, with Jeff Lloyd, which is called Reasons to be Cheerful. And it's a brilliant listen. It's fascinating and really funny. You'll be hooked. I promise. Remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes if you like this episode. I'll hand over to the man himself now. Here's Ed. want to take Ray Ray? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we can let him off the lead. Raymond is my therapy dog for the morning. We can let him off the lead if you like. Hello, sweetie. Do you know that... He's not exactly going running off into the sunset, is he? (laughs) As you don't have a dog, Ed, can I say I'm really impressed by how you cope with that lead? My lead management skills. Some people fear the lead and the harness, because Raymond has a harness. Come on, Raymond. What breed is he? So, Raymond is a Shih Tzu. Yeah. We should say, this isn't your first meeting with Raymond. This is not my first meeting. Uh, because you came and did our podcast live at the South Bank. Yeah. And you brought Raymond. And everybody loves Raymond. Shall I formally introduce you, Ed? Go on. I'm with... I'm sure you can gather by now, because he has a very distinctive voice. I'm with the very You're mild... saying I'm adenoidal, is that what you're, is that you're, you're saying? <laughs> OK, we need to talk to your therapist about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm with the very marvellous Ed Miliband, and we're in a park local to him and me. Yes. In Parliament North London. Hill. Yeah, in Parliament Hill. And you see, often I avoid saying the exact area, but then I suspect oh. to someone in politics, you have to be quite transparent about where you live and your your yeah, manner. Yeah, I think you? I think I think people know this is my uh, area. Look, oh look at this little dog, Ed. What do you think of him? Hello, sweetheart. Oh, he's a pretty nice dog. Hello. Hi. What kind of dog is that? It's a Cavachon, Cavalier and Bichon. Do you know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ed. Look at Raymond. I'm trying to teach him about dogs. There are crosses out there, you know, one of the the crosses. What do you think of Emily's dog? Raymond. What, this one? Yeah. Oh, you paused too long. You paused too long. I don't know, what what is it? Well, I didn't know what yours was. Oh, I see. (laughs) Um, He's a Shih Tzu. Oh, he's a Shih Tzu, yeah. He's a Shih Tzu. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a bit of bottom smelling going on. Oh yes, that's a that's a big feature. 
Bye bye. Come on, Ray. I wonder why they smell each other's bottoms. Well, look, Ed. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine that running towards you? This podcast, I've asked you on my podcast today, partly because I, I really liked you and I thought you were brilliant fun and just really interesting when I met you, but also because I'm trying, I met your sons, Dan yes. and Sam, who were possibly the most charming children Aww. I've ever met in my entire life. That's they were the, just that's lovely. That's exactly the right thing to say to a parent. No, they were. They were really... Oh, Raymond, I nearly stepped on you, sorry. <laughs> So you don't have a dog, you and your wife we Justine. Don't. I've never had a dog. Really? Nope. And why is that? I don't know. Just I don't think my parents ever sort of thought about getting a pet, really. And I'm not sure my aunt had a dog, my father's sister called Wesley. Yeah. Um oh. Hello. You were you were you being quite protective of Raymond. I was there. a little bit frightened yeah. there. Well, you thought the dog might eat Raymond. Yes, I did. <laughs> I think I'm a bit overprotective, and you've got to get the balance right. Because I always say I don't want to be like, I don't want to mess him up. Yeah. Like so, he turns into Anthony Perkins and Psycho. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, I am protective over him because he's Has he so ever small. had been attacked by a dog? He hasn't been attacked by a dog, but then I think that's because this is why I can't have children because I think I probably. I'd never allow them to do anything. Come Aww. on, Ray. <laughs> I love the way he runs. <laughs> He's found a new family now. So um, I mean, it's like watching a sort of Raymond. It's, it's, it's like watching a rather large toupee sort of running, <laughs> r- running through Hampstead Heath with sort of legs, a toupee on legs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean that in the nicest way. <laughs> I mean, none taken, Ed. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, massive. I mean, taken. he could be a toupee, couldn't he? Ed Miliband, will you stop calling my dog a toupee? <laughs> and other things I never I, thought I, I'd but say. I mean, he's, so, he's so sweet. <laughs> so you were saying you didn't have animals growing up, and your family was your dad, Ralph. Yes. Such a brilliant name. My favourite oh, name. Oh, not I his think. original name. His original name was Adolf. A rather unfortunate name uh, during the Second World War. Yes. Uh, his mother, but he was said. Ray, he, come here! Ray! He's not allowed to go in the water, Ed. No, I think he might submerge in the water. <laughs> There'd just be a floating toupee. A floating toupee. <laughs> Is that rude, the floating toupee? The toupee? Someone's I honestly it. mean it in a very sort of. Uh, uh, complimentary sense. Someone would say, is, has anyone lost their rug here? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I suppose rug, actually, yeah, that's the other yes. way of thinking about it. So go on, you were saying, so uh, your, your Yes, dad's... so he was named Adolf. Um, but I don't know what possessed his... his he always used to say, I don't know what possessed my mother to think Adolf was a good name, and it was her name. Anyway, then he arrived in Britain at the age of uh, 16. But presumably he was... So he was born before... 24, Someone else took it, right. Yeah, okay, so, so, so Hitler wasn't yet. That's a bit of a yeah. sickener, isn't it, yeah. if you'd chosen that I name? Know. So he arrived, in, uh, he arrived in Britain at the age of 16 because he fled here with his father. They took the, one of the last boats uh, out of Belgium. Right. Um, uh, it, the boat came to Britain. I mean, they kind of, you know, without any mm. sense really of what they were going to do. And then they had a landlady, and the landlady said, We can't have you called Adolf. 
you're gonna have to be called Ralph from now on. And that was how he became, and he said, oh, okay. Well, presumably not very good English. Uh, and that's how he became Ralph. Really? Yeah. And so his parents always used to call him Dolph. So God, do you know, I've only just realized Dolph Lundgren Yes. As in the Rocky actor. I know oh, you're not great on right? popular culture. Yeah, I'm not. But that, that occurs yeah. to me that he must have been called uh, Adolf, do you think? Yes. Well, I don't know. That's interesting. Because Dolph isn't really yes. a name. So we found out his secret. Yeah, that is true. So there you go. And your mum was called... My mum is, is called Marion. Marion. Uh, and she came She was a Poland. refugee. She was a refugee from Poland. Uh, you know, lost her father in a concentration camp, I'm afraid. Uh, we only just really found out where he died, actually, through sort of research. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, and she's called Marion. Yeah. She also had a kind of assumed name of some kind during the Second World War. What would you call him, Because he's going too far ahead now. Say, Raymond! Yeah. Raymond! That's good. <coughs> Raymond. <laughs> Raymond! That was very sweet. It was like you were a schoolboy and your voice was breaking. And Raymond. You just... Ray! Hello, this is oh, a nice dog. This is a dog. very sweet dog. Do you like this dog, good? Yeah, I love him. Oh, What's what? his name? Luna. 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 Oh, what kind Luna. of dog is Luna? Oh, she's beautiful. How long have you had Luna? Where did you get... From a charity called Wild at Heart, you know the flower shop? Yes, I do. Nikki Tibbles, yeah. yeah. Do you not want to throw away? I mean, I know. Yeah, we're all going to throw away. I know you're attached to Raymond's poo, but I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think you've been holding it long enough, Emily. I think the time to dispose of the poo has arrived. I have smelt it a bit as well during our encounters, well, but I haven't seen the bin. It, presumably it's maturing. Uh, <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, so your background, Ed, yeah. for some reason I get the sense of it being slightly similar to mine. And mine was, I suppose, North London, yeah. slightly bohemian, artsy chaos, yes. really. But I don't know whether yours was mine chaos. Mine wasn't really chaos. What was yours like? Uh, serious, I think is the one word description. I mean, it wasn't sort of marks for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> That's Carl, by the way. Okay, that's Carl, not Groucho. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was definitely quite serious. I think, I think because my parents were children of the Holocaust in some ways, yes. it sort of made them, well, you know, life was, to, obviously life was to be lived, but it was to sort of, you know, you, did, you needed to sort of make a difference mm. while you were around and if you had the chance. I mean, yeah, I just think they must have thought to themselves, so many of their relatives died, you know, and all that. And I think it, I think it must leave a, obviously it must leave us a real mark. Yes. And mm. a sort of sense of, you know, that you were lucky to survive and, yeah. So, so it was quite serious sort of work ethic and so on. And did you have, it was you and your brother David, yeah. obviously. And we used to have a lot of these sort of dinner parties yeah. with people around the table who'd be like Michael Foote would come to Is that right? Like, yeah. So we God, have, it's very similar then. Yeah. And we'd have sort of academics and... Wow. But we would very encourage me and my sister to be, I guess, mini adults. Exactly the same. I think that isn't that... It's very rare to meet people like that. 
It's exactly the same. There was no concession for us being no. children. We were spoken to like yes. adults. Did you have that? Yes, then? and in a way I thought at the time it was very um, good. And I still think it had a lot of good points to it. But I suspect it probably, I don't know, I think it probably gave, one a, gave me a sense uh, early on of, I don't quite know how to put this, but it's sort of a sense of, Responsibility, that sounds mm. quite good. Or sense of, yeah, you know, well, I know what you mean. I guess I, my take on it, I always felt a bit. I think you have to, it's, it's not even sort of growing up fast, but I just to give you an example yes. of the sort of thing my dad would say, I said something to him once I went to hug him and he was head was buried in the origin of consciousness in the bicameral mind, which is right. his like reading. That's yeah. what my dad would wow. do, but. I can remember him, I said, oh, you're so ungesturing. And I remember my father said, the word you're searching for is undemonstrative. Wow. But to me, How old were you then? I was been about sort of six, I guess. What, you said ungesturing at the age of six? Yeah, yeah. But I was searching for the right, yeah, I mean, it was well, wrong. Ungesturing but... is pretty good. But that was uh, interesting. He was, And he wasn't like a Victorian dad when he said no. it. He was almost being quite yeah. humorous about it. But was, I spoke... Was he undemonstrative? I always describe, he tried so hard, but he was from a generation sort of raised by nannies a bit. And right, I think. My, yeah, mine were more demonstrative actually. Were they? Yeah. And, and you know, my dad was quite funny and, of course, real dog, dog heaven about to arrive. <laughs> uh, so many of them. Uh, I think it gave, I think it, I think it's this responsibility thing. I think it gave me a, I sort of didn't have any kind of wild teenage years or anything, you know what I mean? Did you not? No, really, no. I don't want him joining that gang, Ed. I think it looks they're... like you might get in with the wrong crowd. <laughs> I think they're like the T-Birds. I don't yeah. want him to be with the T-Birds. Well, he's looking like he's sort of thinking, what's going on here? No, Raymond. These are nice friends for him, Ed, look. Yeah, I think it's good to walk by on the other side sometimes, <laughs> Raymond. Raymond. Hello. You see, that's too bulky for me, Ed. Yeah, slightly too, slightly too boisterous. I couldn't cope with yeah. that. That's the Boris Johnson of dogs. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah. all, uh, all noise and no substance. Yeah, it is all slightly too... It's the look at me, dog. Yeah, well, so I think Raymond... I think Raymond's been quite sensible, actually. Oh, he's charming. Yeah. He's been raised. High sense of responsibility. Well, I think what it is, what maybe what we're searching for is, because I had a similar thing where there was a lot of laughter, you know, yeah. it was an engaging, it wasn't like some sort of hideous yeah. environment where we were, but I I sort of feel we were, yeah, we were adulted young. Yes. That's how I felt. That's exact. I think that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. And it's like when I was 11 and I would say, you know, the, my father would have some friends around and I would, or my parents would have some friends around and I, I would sort of make some political remark. People would look at me as if to say, well, and occasionally that someone would say, well, I think you don't really understand because you're 11. Or my father would sort of then massively go into fight to defend me and say, well, don't say that. He's, you know, just because he's 11. Oh. Uh, so this is where you grew up? Not Your exactly, he, no, actually, because I, my parents lived in Primrose Hill. Uh, right. So it's all slightly, so, so it's more like Primrose Hill Regents Park. 
Um, so that was expensive though. How did they, did they do well, not when well they for themselves? Not when they moved in. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. When they moved in in the 1965, my mother's mother was quite upset. But she's like, why are you coming to this part of town? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't uh, funny? Uh, because it was quite run down in those days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of not, you know, it's totally different than what it is now. Which way do you want to go? Well, I'm following you. Oh, right, okay. Uh, we can go up the hill. Shall we go up that yeah. way? Okay. Oh, he likes the hill. Ed's already told me he's not a morning person, which surprised me because I think anyone in politics, I imagine you to be, have a sort of, right, set the alarm at five, do, read I'm, all the papers no, on the treadmill. I, I really, I just have never been, a, I sort of got more into being a morning person when I was leader as you sort of have to be. Mm. Um, and I sort of think, I don't know whether you find this, but I think if you fight it, if you sort of, once you're up and you're going, then it's okay. It just can be a bit of an effort. Mm. Um, yeah. I wonder if that's slightly to do with your background. <laughs> because I think, well, my parents, you know, we would have these discussions late into the night, so my sister and I didn't really have bedtimes uh, as such. Oh, really? That is interesting. You see, I think it was more bohemian, that's more bohemian than me. Yes, yeah. I didn't have no bedtimes. Wow. And you learned the violin and you were quite... Oh, no, I've not really. I was terrible at the violin. I imagine... It's a Suzuki method. In fact, in fact, my memory of that is, I mean, it was real. We lived in America when I was seven for a year, as my father was teaching there. When I took up the violin with a Suzuki method, Ohio gozai imas. You used to have to sort of begin the lesson by saying that. Some kind of Japanese greeting. Um, that's the only thing I remember about the violin. And then after four years of, of the sort of... Uh, I, said to my, uh, I said to my mother, I really want to give this up, honestly. I'm just not enjoying the violin. She said, thank God, she said. Oh, thank God. And it was sort of both of us had been sort of... Kind of humouring the other one, I think. Uh, I'd been sort of humouring her and she'd been humouring me. So we stopped humouring each other and my great violin career was over. Um, and you went to... Have a stop. Have a stop. Secondary um, school. Were you... What sort of a school kid were you? Were you academic? I mean, Nerdy. I'm imagining you and David were Nerd. both straight A students. Nerdy. Yeah. Nerdy and square. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was quite a tough school, actually. Was uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a tough school. What do you mean tough? In, I think in the first or second year when I arrived, the deputy head teacher there was attacked by kids who came, who'd been, who'd left the school and came in balaclavas and sort of attacked him. Yeah. So that was tough. Yeah, yeah it was quite tough. <laughs> he's joined the, another family. Look, oh Ed, he's gone off with someone else. Raymond. he looks over Ed like oh don't you think that's quite sweet I thought the way he looked over well no I thought it was kind of like weighing up whether he would stay with me oh no I think it was more he was like looking to you for approval so oh, where, where are you oh Ed you've made me feel so much better oh. what was interesting that woman looked over and uh, she said oh my god it's him yeah it's him but I liked it because it was like you were sort of Justin Bieber or something <laughs> Yeah, I often get compared to Justin Bieber. Um, Do you get that reaction a lot? Well, I get, lo I get a lot of people recognising me. Uh, of course. And they tend to say at the moment things like, what do you do these days? 
I said, I'm still an MP. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't title my autobiography, What Do You Do These Days? Uh, uh, um, so I'm still standing, uh, Elton John. I'm still standing. That's, that's not yeah, but you could I will survive. Um, uh, the, um, and then sometimes people occasionally mistake me for somebody else. So Who do they seem to Justine and I went to see Hamilton on my birthday. Oh, did you like it? Christmas Eve. You know, I'm probably the one person in the world that wasn't wild about Hamilton. Frank Skinner hated it. He said, Frank Skinner said he preferred Nog in the Nog, <laughs> which is a production he saw. But I think it makes me into a real ignoramus. So you can't really not be a great fan of Hamilton. I think it's because I basically fundamentally don't love musicals. Do you not? No. So I think I obviously realised it was a musical in advance. But anyway, so we went to see it. But anyway, on the tube on the way back, I'm sitting there on the tube and this guy turns to me and goes, Nick? Nick? So I look at him, Nick Clegg, yeah? And I was like, no, not fucking Nick Clegg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, said, I was very polite. I said, no, no, Ed Miliband, actually. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People uh, always say, which I think is true, that you're taller than they expect. Yes. And more handsome. Oh, you say the nicest things. Do you say, do you? People do say I'm taller than they expect. It's weird. They do. Well, I um, think t television must shrink you. I think also, and we'll get onto this in a minute, but it's that idea of having to be slightly someone you're not as well, to yeah. a degree. Do you think, so after you left, you were at school and yeah. I'm getting this impression, you use the word geek and yeah. nerd a lot yeah. to describe yourself. Yeah. I was very serious. Yeah. Too serious. Do you think I so? I mean, I hope my children are sort of, I think I want to bring them up to be less serious. Yeah. And all that sort of co-parenting thing is quite an interesting sort of challenge because I think people come from their own backgrounds. I think I would say Justine is sort of keener on making sure they, well, maybe she's more assiduous at making sure they do the reading and all that. And I, I think that's important, but... It's well, getting the balance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's getting the balance. You ended up going to Oxford. Yes. Did you know that was going to... Did no. that feel like a path that was... No. And, but David... Had, had David had gone. And, I mean, you know, my father didn't go to Oxford. He went to the LSE. Uh, my mum went to the LSE, London School of Economics too. So, you know, it wasn't at all mm. sort of ordained. Uh, but I went and visited David. David was five years above me in terms of... Oh, yeah. Uh, Academically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, went to visit him. I thought, well, that, you know... Let me apply, see what happens. Yeah, and I had a really good time, but... I heard you say once... Yeah. ...that you didn't have a girlfriend throughout Not Oxford, really, which I, no. Which I thought was so adorable. Not really. I was sort of very... Um, very... Well, I was, I was JCR president. So of that's like were. president of the, you know, student union. Yeah. Not student union, because of your, co your college. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I was quite serious. I think you can sort of tell I feel a little bit... I had a fantastic time at Corpus Christi College where I was. Yeah. So I'm not sort of remorseful about it, but I, I'm sort of, I suppose I'm reflective about it. Did you do any of that student-y stuff, like... The Oxford Union? No. No, I was thinking more... Um, I didn't do the Oxford Union. I know, Union. let's Jacob take Reece a Mothers. cone. Let's steal a cone and take it back to the halls of residence. Because that's hilarious and no one's ever done that not before. Not really. I once ran through some wheat fields and that was... <laughs> uh, that was quite an experience. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember were... one night I, I, I got drunk like a few times, but very rarely. Um, uh, what else did I do? And what did you do when you get, how did you? Oh, I can't even remember. You can't I had, remember. I, got, I had some tequilas and that got very drunk. <laughs> I know you uh, had like two. Two, yeah. One and a half tequilas. Uh, um, yeah, so then I... So it's kind of... You see, I get the sense when you talk like yeah. this that... It's like when I talk to medics, I suppose, who come from... You're from an academic family. Yeah. And it's like doctors, they tend to run in families. So do... I always get the sense that the sort of preordained in a sense you know not that there was expectation yeah. on you but just that but not to be a politician there wasn't expectation really right so the expectation that... was that you'd be an academic or maybe maybe an academic maybe not but more, more you know my father had sort of been on the margins of the Labour Party on and off yeah uh, he'd been a member and he wasn't he, he sort of now which way should we go oh. uh, I always keep asking you but uh, you know what? I think it might be nice to get some shade for Raymond, Ed. Okay. Um, bit... Yeah, let's go. Let's have some shade. Okay, He's getting a bit hot. He's all right normally, but I just... I, you know what I carry? Look, we'll give him a little bit of water. Hold that. That's his portable water. Here you go. Well, you think he's getting a bit... Of few beads of sweat. He's looking quite enthusiastic about the water. It's got to yeah, be he said. likes the water. There you go, Ray. Have your water. I hear these women that they're talking loudly about a wedding and I'm quite interested in it. Really? Do you like overhearing people's conversations? Definitely. Though? Do you? Are you De nosy? Definitely. Are you? Yeah. Would you stay on a tube past your stop to hear the chat? No, I don't, not sure don't about that. Far. I'm not sure about that. Also, if you're a public figure and you do weird things like that, people might think, you know, <laughs> you're sort of weird. Imagine being a public figure and doing weird things. The very idea. Um... <laughs> Oh look, Ed, what's, he's he's just lied down. This is just him saying he's so he, happy. Is that a sort of come on? <laughs> Do you want to describe what he's done? Well Ed? he's sort of lying down and sort of I mean he'd be basically going for the flat toupee look. Oh look at that dog, Ed, he's cute. What's he doing? He's just lying down. He's just had a nap. Is that what happens when he lies down? Yeah. Oh Look gosh, are we, are we overdoing it for him? No, come on. I mean, I suppose he is quite small. Yeah, he is small. Come on, Ray. He's fine. He's enjoying Being a walking toupee is not easy. Like. <laughs> Ed's taking pictures of him. Oh, he's so sweet. Uh, I've, got to, I've, got, I've got to take pictures. Oh, then he'll see. He's quite, he's quite good on the old selfies, isn't he? Maybe. Look, we've got Maybe another... Maybe more camera savvy than I was as a leader. Uh, he does, no, he, and he, he likes... He knows the camera, doesn't he? He likes a bacon sarnie. Does he? Ha, uh, ha, ha. Oh, Ed, that's what the old thing. That, what a cheap... Shot. Give him that. Give him that treat, Ed. There you go. Oh, oh someone's shouting, George. He rejected it. <laughs> he rejected... <laughs> Raymond, I take that personally. Ed, it's not a bill going through Parliament. <laughs> he rejected it. I mean, it's a It was treat. voted down. <laughs> The treat was voted down. It didn't get a majority. Poor treat. That's unexpected. It's been quashed by the House of Lords. Do you want to try and Well, get I don't think it went very well the first time. This is like Theresa May and her withdrawal agreement. Let's, 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 give, let's try again. How many are we going to try? I might have to resign. 
I can't. Right, I'm afraid, okay, twice, I think. Well... Raymond, at least you're playing along. Was it three times they tried to three get it times, Three times, three times, yeah. That's and then I have to resign, like, <laughs> after the next one. Raymond, say Raymond to sit, tell him to sit. Sit, sit, sit Raymond. Oh, Ed, you've the got toupee, the... it says no. Right, okay, come on. Right, I'm going to resign, Ray. Oh, you gave that one. That's good. I don't have to resign. Phew. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he spat it out at the last minute. Did he? Yeah. Where is it? Come on, Raymond. Are you sure? Yeah. Isn't that the old one? Isn't that the one that he pre... <laughs> Not... Well, phew, this is not personal. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not because of you. Come on, you're being Hang silly. Hang on, but the other two have disappeared. I know, but you know what? We'll let other dogs take them, Ed. No, there's one there. Okay. But with one, I think one has but, been eaten. But you know what? It's fine, because I'm actually doing all right financially, so I can afford <laughs> to let those go. Well, I'm, I'm... more taking it as a personal sort of, you know. <laughs> do, does he like those treats normally? Well, Ed, I really feel you, you feel really sad that he hasn't eaten them because you I'm, feel it's something to do with you, I'm, do you? Do you think there's something deeply psychological about this? <laughs> the quest for perfection? I think one of the things is that I'm quite self-critical. Well, we've got a lot to be self-critical about. Do you about. think you are? Uh, yeah, and I think one of the reasons um, why is because it's not that my parents were sort of, you know, if you don't get 110%, you yeah. failed, but I think... Well, I think high standards can become sort of impossibly high standards. But I, I think you have to be so careful, don't you? It just, yeah. You just can sort of impose impossibly high expectations sort of accidentally. Well, um, I think that generation, I don't know about your parents, but I always like that observation about how when you have kids, you become the frame. Be, you and become your, what, sorry? your kids, you become the frame and your kids become the picture. That's how uh, it should work, you know, that you recede into the background. Whereas I suppose what I would say is a lot of kids in the 70s, in, in the sort of background that I had, my parents stayed the picture, really, for me. Oh, look at this. I love this dog. Is this a Newfoundland? Um, that's not my dog. Oh, is it? Only the three little ones. Oh, whose dog is this then? I'm not sure. Is it St Bernard? No. I think he's in Newfoundland, but I don't know. He's not rather nice. He, he he's very friendly. But he doesn't have an owner, here. No, I think the owner's there. Oh, there. Hello. Lovely dog. That dog's quite obedient That's sitting down and get, getting a treat. God, you're so <laughs> rude. I like that you're... T is this what you politicians do? You're spinning it into his failure that's, rather than yours. Uh, that's true. You uh, see? What kind of dog is it? Bernese. Oh, Bernese Mountain Dog. From Switzerland, yeah. Oh, Switzerland. Such a sweet, nice dog. I, I, I play, how do you say in English? Hide and seek. Hide and seek, yeah. Oh, were you playing hide and, and seek uh, with the dog? Instead of calling him all the time. Yes. It's a trainer called me. He's my son's dog. He said, hide sometimes. Hide, yeah. And he's going to look at me because they don't like to be by, uh, alone. They don't like to be alone. He's ever so cute. He is cute. Do you think I can months. stroke him? Seven months? Only, yeah. Seven months? Seven months. Hello. Hello. He's a big boy. He's a big boy, He's a isn't big he? puppy. What's his name? Albi. Albi. Oh, Hello, Albi. Oh, what's a lovely. Look at him and Ray, Ed. Yeah, no, that is little and large, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Nice to meet you, Albi. We need to go home, Albi. Bye-bye, Albi. See, what do you think about a bigger dog like that? Oh, I think he's pretty sweet. But I think both of them are sweet in different ways. I think, uh, 
very politicized. I bet I'll be doing very big poos. <laughs> Don't you think? But they're sort of humongous poos. Well, I always think when I look at these big How pots, big are the poos, Albie? I like, hello, Albie, shall I give you a treat? Oh, I don't know. There's an etiquette thing about treats. Yeah, you shouldn't give them no. no you can't give them. Um, right, Albie, I think you need to go with your owner. You took over there. I like that. You know what? Well, I wanted to mention, actually, when I first saw you... Oh, oh, Ed, he really oh, likes right, you. Right, OK, he's off. Um, I remember when I first... Can I just say, Ed is talking about the dog, not the owner. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't body shaming the Swiss man. He's, he's very a, I slim. Think he's, I mean, did he think he's a little bit high BMI? He's got, he got junk in the trunk. <laughs> to be fair, he's a Burmese mountain dog. You think he's just a Burmese. big unit? I think he's just a big unit. Yeah, OK, maybe. He's big. just well built. He's a bit yeah. two tickets to the gun show. Yeah, OK, fine. And look, if you compare him with Ray... Well, Ray's, Ray certainly isn't overweight. Ray's it's like comparing of... Zola Budd with one of the world's <laughs> strongest men. So I was going to say, when I yeah. first met you, Ed, I was at our... In fact, we're going to talk about him, um, but Jeff Lloyd, who's our mutual yes, friend, yes. who you do the Reasons to be Cheerful podcast with, which yes. is brilliant, and I love it. Um, he invited me to his wife Sarah's birthday. Yes. And I walked in with two friends of mine, and the uh, first person I saw was you, and... I was with my friends and we said, oh, it's lovely, oh, I can't hear you though. There was one of those scenes yeah. where the music was loud. It was far too loud. But you, there was something really interesting because we were talking about how the music was loud and very quietly, but very decisively, you said, oh, let me go and turn that down. And you walked over to the decks and you just got behind the decks, which was great because I... I noticed people walking into the party seeing Ed Miliband yeah. DJing, yeah. or so they thought. And you just turned And I caused volume. a massive power outage and all the lights went out <laughs> and disaster, you disaster did struck. You uh, just turned it down and came over. And what fascinated me about that is that that's not, that separated you from everyone else, I think. I think that's what... That I think it's because I'd said to Jeff in advance, I really hope the music isn't going to be too loud. I mean, which does make me sound sort of relatively elderly. Uh, but we can all say that, right. but that's the difference, I think, between someone who... It's what Frank Skinner, who I work with, calls the difference between doing to the world and letting the world do to you. So in that act, I think that was what... That's what I, re I realised you were a politician, because I thought, right, you got up and did something about it, and well, you weren't frightened. It was such a small act, but... We were all sitting around passively. Well, that's interesting. Like, it seemed... You talk about being geekish and you talk about... But you strike everyone and me as quite self-effacing and quite humble in some ways. But then that was quite a... Mm. A bold gesture, I think. That was a confident gesture. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Maybe it's because I felt comfortable with Jeff and Sarah and I knew I wasn't going to offend them. <laughs> I think I grew up, I mean, it's actually the opposite, this is slightly going to be the opposite to the, what, we just, yeah. what you just said, but my, my dad used to have quite strong political arguments with people, yeah. and he sort of wouldn't suffer fools gladly. And I don't really like conflict very much, which is unfortunate you know? for somebody in politics. <laughs> yeah. You picked the wrong job. I know, I did pick the wrong job. Did you, um, would you get embarrassed when he would do, when he would, yeah. I would as well. Yeah. But that's why I think you did the music. Because you could sense that we were saying right, it was too I loud. See. 
you felt, well, I'm the person that knows Jeff and Sarah well enough, I can go and they won't mind if I turn it down a bit. So you were sort of problem solving. Maybe that's true. You didn't do it in an entitled Balloondon way. You just, I think Hopefully it was not. just... <laughs> Um, I, I need to talk about when you got into politics, because yes. as you said, I know you'd interned for Tony Benn, is that right? At uh, the age of 16, yeah. Oh, wow, was that an incredible experience? It was an incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really when internships really existed, I just went and did some work experience with him for six weeks. Yeah. And he paid me 25 quid a week, because he said that was the level you get on the YTS. Uh, and uh, he was incredibly nice. And, you know, I was thinking I was just opening his post. Uh, so it must have been 1986. Right. Um, I mean, he was genuinely, well, you know, egalitarian in the sense that he would treat you like an, e you know, mm. treat you like an equal and, and sort of, yeah, it was a sort of fantastic experience. Um, well, should we go back on ourselves, Ed? I'm not sure where we are now. We've got, I think we've we can so go, I, I've got an absolutely terrible sense of direction, just I know. so you know. We should go uh, this way. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say. Shall I carry you for a bit? Come on, Ray. I mean, that's a good, you couldn't do that with the old, no. whatever his name was. The Burmese sheepdog, yeah. Albie. Albie. Yeah, go on. So. Um, I think in a way, I, I remember having this conversation with my dad when I must have been, he died when I was 24, so yeah. 22, 23. Yeah. And I said to him, look, you know, I just, I have thought about being, doing, going and being academic, but I think that's not really what motivates me. What motivates me is politics. And he said, look, I thought, I sort of know that. Yeah. I really remember quite vividly having the conversation with him. And it's sort of being all right, you know. And did he live, because I know your dad died when you were... 24, yeah. 24, and um, that's quite young. Yeah, it is. And it's pretty sad. And also, he had a heart attack when I was three. I don't really, obviously, remember it. Yeah. Uh, and he was quite serious heart attack. And I think he felt he was living on borrowed time, which is why he could be quite irascible and... Oh. You know what I mean? If you... Of course. If you feel that... That must have been so tough, though, Ed. Yeah, I know. How did you find out? Did you, did? No, it was it was a more a gradual decline. He got he had what? a heart bypass in 1991, and normally right. heart bypasses, at least today, mm. are pretty straightforward. And this wasn't straightforward at all. He was in intensive care for four weeks. It really sort of you know, it was really tricky. He, he was touch and go whether he would make it. Yeah. Uh, and then he did, but he was he was he was not quite back he was never really quite back to where he had been where he'd been uh and then three and, and then he sort of gradually got worse three and then three years later he sort of just gradually declined and there was the sort of weeks when he was in hospital and getting worse Did you, you know what it is sometimes you're well I don't need to tell you about this but no. you get in a sort of vortex of you're in a hospital and it's like oh it's not that serious and then I it's know. sort of slightly more serious and then it's slightly more serious yeah and then suddenly they're all like mm. yeah you know. No, you can see, I always, it's the faces. I know this is awful, but I used to think when they were really nice to me, I'd think, oh God, here we go. Right. It was like they'd, they'd sort of greet you. If you'd go in in the morning and they'd greet you like you were a member of the royal family opening a right. wing, I'd think, and they're all lined up respectfully. Right. I'd think, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, um, do you, did you get the call then? Because the call is it horrible. It wasn't so much that. You it didn't was get more, like... I remember my brother ringing me up two days before he died and saying, yeah, that things aren't good. You know, yeah. you need to come. Yeah. 
And you know, he got MRSA and this and that and the oh. other. And you know, it was all one of those things where, and, and, and I think afterwards, I remember going to see the doctor to try and understand what had happened because they kept saying all the way through, yeah. no, it's all right, he's going to be all right, he's going to be all right, he's going to be all right. And then it was suddenly, well, he's not going to be all right. Yeah. Um, you yeah. must have been devastated though. Yeah, I was. I mean, were you with Justine at that point? No, I wasn't, no. Um, I don't know how you kind of. I think there's some sense in which when you're, at least for me, when he died, I think I was sort of thinking I need to be there for my mum more yeah. than anything. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yes, Look, I can see that. I think that's true because I did that when my sister died. Maybe that's got to do with our childhoods a bit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I the know, adulting I, thing, I felt... I need to sort of rise to this a bit. Yeah, and yeah, maybe there is an element of that. Yeah. Maybe there is an element of that. Yeah. And there's a little bit of a pattern of that in my life, which is, like, I was desperate to get a first at university and I got myself into quite a lather about it. Did and you? Then, and I didn't get a first. And then I didn't, wasn't really, it was very strange. I sort of just then was like, okay, well, never mind. Right. My dad was like, well, <laughs> he, sort of, he kind of wondered, you know, I'd spent six months sort of in mega, 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 mega angst. And then he thought, oh, you're going to be devastated. And I was like, well, it's just one of those things, isn't it? And I sort of yeah. moved on. Yeah. And maybe there's some sense in which that was what was expected. Yes, That yeah. you sort of, once something happens, you just have to sort of yes. cope. Um, but I don't know, it's good that Raymond's not sort of... There's a bit of a stramash going on here, isn't there? Do you think they're... Related those two dogs, they look very similar. They look similar, don't they? But yeah, he looks like um, I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of no, that. You, didn't, you wouldn't want Raymond to be in the middle of that, would you? Um, <laughs> I think we need to head that way, Ed. I'm, I'm, I'm admiring your decisive leadership here, Emily. <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> you are. Where I've led us. <laughs> oh, you've led us into a sort of bush. This yeah. is what's good, I'm not in charge. So then, I wonder if, do you think after your dad died, because your, your rise up through the ranks of the Labour Party was yep. pretty swift. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, yep. it was almost like within a five-year period. Yeah, I never thought I'd be an MP. I mean, I never, well, not, not I never thought, but I wasn't sort of thinking I've got to be an MP. I, you know, I became an advisor, worked for Harriet yeah. Harman, worked for Gordon Brown, took some time off, went to Harvard, then came back. And I thought, well... I, can't I love that in your time off you went to Harvard. Well, I thought I can't, yeah, rather than sort of, you know, sort of taking drugs in Ibiza or I something. I didn't go to Iron Apple uh, Yeah, lads. exactly. I've kept the Iron Apple period under wraps, actually. Uh, Imagine you and Iron Apple. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so the, we were talking about your rise through the Labour Party was just yeah. swift. It feels like you must have been sort of singled out as this talent well, and star not. of the future and i think these things are very what, they, what was it michael hesseltine somebody said time and chance it wasn't michael hesseltine right. somebody said you know it's just very much sort of these things happen or don't have you know and it's just it's all the way the cards fall we're talking during the tory leadership oh you contest. were good yeah well that's nice you'd <laughs> say but i mean you know um i don't know i think i think these things are very i think there's a lot of luck so you weren't, you must have felt when you were working ultimately, you know, for Gordon Brown yeah. and you were right in the seat of yeah. power. Did you feel 
that must have been quite sort of electric almost you must have felt excited or did it just feel like a job you know did it uh no it didn't it didn't feel like a job but it definitely took over my life you know right. in a sort of uh, you know jeff lloyd always says to me uh gordon brown eight your 90s you know it's sort of like you know i don't know anything about popular culture uh <laughs> Uh, in the 90s. I mean, I'm not sure I would have known about popular culture even if Gordon Brown hadn't eaten Does my 90s. Did you know 90s. what Nebworth was? That stately home. <laughs> so cute. Uh, that was when um, Oasis. Oh, yes. Played, and it is I've a heard stately of them. home. Have you heard of Oasis? Yes, I have. Did you know that, do you know what, that Blur and Oasis is yes. a rivalry? Yes, I did know that. Okay. Um... I like it. It's like speaking to someone who was in a coma. Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't believe that, though. I think you play that up, that geek thing, a bit. I think you probably were listening to music and going out and... I don't know. I don't really. think you're as square as you pretend. Really? <laughs> uh, you found my secret. Um, uh, you know, Do Doncaster is my constituency. Yeah, Don I, I don't your son. Your son actually corrected me and said Doncaster North. Yes, which I love. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't come from there. Yeah. I went, you know, the the CEO, the the, the, the uh, my predecessor, um, unfortunately got very ill. Yes. He, he stood down right at the last minute. It was a very open thing. There were people from Doncaster going for it, and I sort of went up there thinking I don't really know anyone here. And the first conversation I had was with somebody who said to me, "Well, I don't know why you're rigging me, mate." <laughs> I want a local person and then I kept him on the phone an hour later we yeah. were still talking and you know it really I, I really got the bug for being an MP I wasn't really sure what I was going to think yeah. going up there and, and I really got the bug for being an MP and actually when I lost in 2015 well I basically I didn't I didn't really think I want to give it all up of being an MP. I don't. I, will, I didn't think. Well, now I want to just go off and do something else. I thought I need to sort. This I is want after to, the election. Yeah, I want yeah. to stick with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I suppose there's a couple of reasons. One is, I thought, I think it's a kind of you can still contribute ideas even if you're not the leader. Yeah. And secondly, I sort of really do care about the constituency I represent, and I kind of felt. They've given me a lot yeah. by supporting me when I was leader, and I can't just bugger off now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but anyway, losing the election, that was bad too. Just while we're on <laughs> bad things, not recommended for your listeners who are thinking of running a political party. Rory Stewart or Boris Johnson or anyone is listening. It's better I, but, to win than to lose. Yeah, but it, but. On the other hand, David Cameron won and. Yeah. You know, it's gone down in history in not the best, best way, so, you know. But, but that took, you know, when I think about you uh, getting up and turning the music down, to me, yes. I, I relate that oddly to your decision to stand. Oh, that's interesting. As leader, which is there's yes, the quiet determination. That's very perceptive. That I'm just going to get on and do this that's, quietly. That's, that's very perceptive. Um, There's no fuss about it. You just went and did it. Yeah, that's very perceptive. Oh, you should said. you should be in the you should do this professionally, <laughs> like a therapist. Uh, but you know, there was no noise and fury, and I'm doing this big thing. You just got on and quietly did it. Yeah, I and think that is sort of true. And I kind of I kind of thought I think I look. It was incredibly difficult to stand against my brother uh, or to fight a contest against my brother. But I felt I had something distinctive to 
contribute about my view about what where the Labour Party needed to go. Do you think, uh, in a way, that the press made too much of that? Because I think, well, you know, Venus and Serena Williams, they play against each other. Loads of footballers do that. It's... I think different. You're in the same job and, it, and you, you ended up standing in the same... I don't know. I think there was a bit of I think, I think drama honest, over that. I mean, that. honestly, I think people have such different reactions to it. I think sometimes it's to do with people's place as a sibling. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, there are other experiences, what they think about politics. You know, it's just such a very, you know... Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. And it's and I know you and David, you've sort of, you know, it's time, isn't it, it takes to sort of yeah. sort those things out. But that, did you feel, it, it was that thing of excitement, in a sense, and shock? Were you shocked when you won oh, what's the cool? leadership? Well, actually... <laughs> did you remember standing on thinking, here's, what the here's, hell? Here's the funny thing about it. I mean, I was just convi- absolutely convinced I was going to win. I mean, really? more convinced than I had justification for, as it turned really? out. Yeah. That's fascinating, I, I basically Ed. thought I was going to win. I didn't think did I was... You? Yeah, and I didn't... But were the odds against you at the time? Well, the odds were when I began. I, no, I didn't necessarily think I would win when I began. Right. But I think by the end, I thought I was going to win. Now, I, had, I had obviously had no way of knowing that because I won very narrowly. So, um, Why yeah, do you think that is? I don't know, really. I just... Maybe you kind of... Self-belief? Yeah, well, maybe you sort of end up having to sort of own it and, and you know... It's a, is it David Beckham taking a free kick against Greece? You know. I think comparing myself to David Beckham. Uh, um, no, but do you know what I mean? They talk about footballers, and so when certain footballers go up to take a penalty. Well, I think there's definitely a truth there's, to. Th- you, there's no sense of I'm gonna, this I isn't going to make it in. You have to get into the mindset. I mean, yeah. certainly this was true as leader. You have to get into the mindset where. Well, it's what Justine always says, you have your armour on or your shell. Oh, that's a good way of putting uh, it, yeah. And then you sort of... I think we're going the right way, by the way. Well done. I, You're think, really good. I hope we You've are. You've got a very good instinctive sense of direction, obviously. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, it's odd, actually, thinking back on it all. Yeah. I'm not sure how I quite stood it, really. Really? Yeah, kind of. Because it is, it is incredibly hard, and it was incredibly hard for Justine. And, you know, we had two young children, and it was... I mean, it was really, you know, cameras outside the house, lots of abuse, lots of sort of, I don't mean abuse, but lots of sort of vilification in the it media abuse, and elsewhere. Ed, it well, is abuse, actually. abuse. in a way. There's personal comments. Yeah, there's, yeah. It is abuse, I think. Um, but it's... it's that, I'm quite reflective, by the way, on Rory Stewart because I don't know, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen to him, but I think one of the things he's handling quite well is when people say, don't you look weird? He's like, yes, I do. I'm yeah. a cross between yeah. whatever he said. Uh, and I think that's a really smart, and in a way I wish I'd done that a bit more. Well, I think when you were elected leader and when I, I felt during the election campaign, it was interesting because I, mean, I was shocked, quite honestly, at the way people spoke to you sometimes, you know, just... What, mean media people? Well, yeah, just questions people asked, and when people comment on someone's appearance... I think it's so strange. I don't, I don't sort of get what that has. And, and I got the sense that you're very, everyone who meets you, and this is the impression I've had of you, and obviously from listening to your podcast with Jeff, everyone who listens to that will realise that, but you're very warm and self-effacing and funny. And you, never, maybe it made you me... never got a chance to show well, that that's properly. in a way I should, I mean, I have to take my own responsibility Except when for Jeff that. interviewed you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there are sort of those moments, and but you know, I, I, 
look, look obviously if you know now what you if you knew then what you know now you do it differently but it, it, i think there was a sort of I think I was also in a transition period between a sort of 1990s politics, yes. which was incredibly controlled. A sort of new Labour. Uh, yeah, and a sort of 2000... Look like you're the area manager at m &S. Exactly, <laughs> and then a 2000 and sort of 1920 politics, which is much more loose. Look like Michael Foote's grandson. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah, exactly, it doesn't sort of matter. Yeah. Um, I remember watching you being interviewed, actually, by Jeremy Paxman, and... I think he's great, but I do think he's quite old school. Oh, this is on the election campaign. Yeah, and there was yeah. on some thing you were, he was chatting and he, he said, are you tough enough yeah. in that very pugnacious way? Which interestingly, I actually think viewers, even in the last four years, I think the culture's changed. I think people would say, we don't want to know about him being tough. We want to know yes. if he's compassionate actually. And that <clears throat> very old school, you know, you'll hear Piers Morgan on Question Time talking about Trump saying, he's great at deals. He gets killer lawyers in there. I, th I think that's sort of quite 80s, that well, idea of politics. Well, I did politics, have in my mind this idea of that you needed a different model for political leadership. Oh, Ed, what's this? I don't know, it's having a treasure hunt. Um, what are you doing? Um, we're trying to find these control things. They're these wooden things with like um, a number and letter. Oh, really? I'm to see them in this area. Oh, we'll have a look for them. We'll, we'll, we'll shout if we yeah, see we'll one. Yeah, we'll shout if we see one. Uh, uh, there's, there's no Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, we will. <laughs> um, uh, He'll be in the cabinet. Oh, I was just saying yeah. with the Jeremy Paxson interview you did, I looked at it. Oh, and oh I, have I know. Seen it quite recently. Yeah. You, he says, "Are you tough enough?" And you yeah. gave a very credi credible answer actually about how you know Barack Obama yeah. had been on the phone yeah. and they'd be talking about bombing yeah. Syria, and you'd sort of stood alone and stood up to him. And I, but there was a part of me thinking. I wish you could have said, like when Rory Stewart was yes, asked about his yes. weaknesses, I, yeah. I think it wasn't the right climate that you could have been honest and said, well, I think there are more important qualities. Of course I'm tough. You I have think, to be to work in politics. I think it's, I think it's, yes, I think that's a good, really good perceptive point, actually. I think I did sort of think at various moments, Yeah. you know, we should... The, 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 to develop the idea of a different model of political leadership, but... Should we go right or left, Ed? Uh, I think probably left. Oh, I knew you were going to uh, say that. Um, <laughs> a, a, a different model of political <coughs> leadership, but I never... I found it, it was quite hard to articulate, and because basically people have this sort of halcyon view in an odd way mm. of Thatcher. I don't mean everybody has a halcyon view of her, but there is a sort of sense in the zeitgeist that you need that that established or Blair, well, didn't it in I our house. my dad cried when she got in no no but do you know what i mean i don't mean <laughs> I a healthy no 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 i know yeah. it's a it's an idea of what a leader is like it, what a leader is like yeah um uh and in a way i think i think trump is you know part of that but 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 i wonder whether it's also shaped by the sort of climate that yeah that 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 that, that, that now people are thinking well do we really want somebody who just sort of bangs the table and doesn't get anywhere, but just looks tough but doesn't deliver? And when you see the leader debate recently, when I saw Rory Stewart, I don't know, he, I, he feels like a right-wing version of you. Well, he's actually more centrist than far-right, isn't but he? It, but, 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 but at least he's talking about leadership. At least he's talking about leadership in a different way. See, I remember doing this thing about empathy because I got really interested in empathy mm. as the missing ingredient in political leadership. And then... You know, I think I was going through a bad time, but I talked I talked to this guy, Simon Baron Cohen, who's a, 
you know, writes about empathy and da da, da and then, you know, it got written up as Ed consults a shrink type of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't sort of, uh, you know, I don't know. Do it's hard, it's hard. Look, look, you know, the, being in a being a political leader, I think particularly on the left in this country, is like is operating in a political war zone. You know, it really is. You're you're you you know what people often want. People often say to me on Twitter, "Oh, where was this Sassy Ed in 2015?" And I think to myself, mm. "Well, I think you're right. You know, they're right mm. in a way, but on the other hand, you know, if you say something, you know, you, you, particularly then, it's changing a bit now." But, you know, I watched something which made me quite sad, which was you in some leadership debate mm. on Sky, you know. A woman in the audience was asking about the referendum. And it was like, you were like Nostradamus, essentially. Oh, I haven't ever looked back oh, at it. Well, I suggest you do, because a woman asks about the referendum in the audience and says, should we, you know, what a... Why should it be you deciding? Yeah. Because you've made it clear yeah. that you don't think we should have yeah. one. And you said... You've certainly done your research, Emily. I I'm do. impressed. Much more research than Jeff and I do. Anyway, <laughs> I tell you, your father brought you up to do, you know... My father was do called... The work, do the work. Well, my father was called... I'm, only, I'm getting very passionate about politics as I get older, weirdly. This clip I saw, yeah. which I'm going to put on Twitter, actually. Yeah, definitely. Because it really kind of broke my heart because so I get asked you essentially get this is like asked. a revelation to me because it's like it's like a this is this is like the sort of guy who goes into the coma I, I don't really kind you of don't remember well I don't remember any of this it really. woman says I remember the worst bit That's this the woman problem. well I'm going to remember well right. of course we all remember the yeah. worst reviews but this woman says we should have a referendum Sweet and you, you say why should you get to decide we the people yeah. should decide yeah and you say well, I don't, I respect that opinion, but I don't agree with it. I'm obviously paraphrasing here. Yeah. But you essentially say, I believe you have spoken to people by choosing to elect me or the government yeah. to elect. That is your... Mm, that's interesting. Which I thought was a great way of dealing with it. And you said, but you're entrusting me to make that decision on your behalf. Mm. I feel that having a referendum would be disruptive. Yeah and chaotic essentially and you also say it would waste time and distract from <laughs> more important issues well i do remember thinking that oh. i mean that was basically what i thought you said we should not have a referendum it will end in disaster i was almost i couldn't believe it god it's extraordinary me. <laughs> but does that make you feel hearing about that and remembering that that was very much your opinion nostromilibandus yeah do you feel a sense of, oh, I was right, or do you just feel frustration? Or I feel very frustrated um, on your behalf. We go straight on. Uh, yeah. Um, what do I feel about it? I feel, I do feel incredibly frustrated, but I think my protection mechanism is not to think about it. Because I think I find it, it's a bit like sort of grief. I think it's to sort of, I think I sort of dealt with it. I, I kind of felt really miserable for the first year or so, maybe 18 months after I lost. Did but then, you? But yeah, but then the way of sort of dealing with it is to not, but if I spent my time thinking to myself, yeah. if this, that, you know what I mean? It's true. Then, then, I mean, yeah, I feel incredibly 
angry that the whole of politics has been like eaten by the Brexit, eaten and poisoned, if you can be eaten and poisoned at the same time, or poisoned and eaten by, uh, by Brexit. Um, so, so yes, I do feel that. Did you feel that year afterwards though, I think I would have just got been gone into depression or something. Did you? Yeah, did I you? don't really know what the sort of, you know, I don't know quite whether it was clinic, you know, I'm not sure what the, I was just very sad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, I was just sad and. That's probably a 70s way of describing depression. <laughs> Although, you know, maybe oddly enough, it takes time to sink in as well. Yes. Maybe the first few months weren't the worst, oddly enough. I remember it's meeting like a bereavement, this, isn't it? Because well, I remember meeting this guy on the plane who's actually now one of my colleagues. We were going to, we went to Australia in July, August to get away from it, or August actually, to 2015. And I remember getting on the plane and this guy saying to me, uh, he's a nice little friend of mine, he said, he just happened to be on the same plane for some reason, I can't remember. Yeah. And he said to me, oh, you know, it's absolutely shit for you at the moment, isn't it? And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I suppose it is really. You yeah, know how it's yeah. funny, it's sort of rather obvious. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose I kind of went into it. The reason I mentioned the first and the, or not getting the first and my dad dying and all that is I suppose there's some part of my defense mechanism which was about you just cope with these things. These things happen. Yeah. I'm much more likely to worry about them in advance than I am to. Then, I, then the answer is well, if it happens, you've just got to cope with it. Yes, I see what you mean, yeah. You get on and you... But then Alistair Campbell, he talks about his... He's talked about, you know, he obviously had depression yeah. and he's had... But did you ever feel that? I don't sort of not... Like not being able to get out of bed or... No. No, I didn't really... You just felt low? Yeah, I just felt low. It was, it was circumstantial. Yes. It was depression, a... which is a... Re... Not depression, but it was a reaction to, to I just event. felt low and, and yeah, unhappy, but... And I almost think as well, it's that thing of... I did think I've got to keep going. I didn't sort of think I can't face seeing people or I can't face. Yeah. I, I felt I was quite. I'm not just blowing my own trumpet here, but no. I felt quite. Re, I was quite resilient about it. Right. You know, I just carried on and found other things to do. But your skin is thicker than most mortal. It has to be. For some of the stuff. You know, well, when I look at those those political programmes when they're yeah. chatting to you and I even saw David on something yeah. recently and it was a perfectly nice ITV interview but I thought leave him alone yeah. I just feel exhausted well, just... oddly enough you know I find it this is why I said I kind of look back on it and think how, how did I put up with it I find the sort of there's something about being out the front line that you kind of get to you think yes. oh I'm not sure I really want to go back into it you know <laughs> You know, it's like, oh. So you don't feel now, as a backbencher, you don't feel, oh, I'm on the bench and someone else is wearing a number 10 shirt. I feel that a bit. Number 10 shirt. I, f I feel... See, I works do, both ways. I do yeah. feel that a bit. Do you? Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel quite conflicted about it. So at some level I feel that and I feel I'm on the sort of periphery. Um, and at another level I feel a great sense of, I'm glad I'm not in that. Do you? It's very, it's quite paradoxical yeah. what I feel. Do you feel... So I do, you know, I like wouldn't leap at the chance of like going back in and, you know, I feel quite anxious about that. Well, Prime Minister's questions as well. I mean, 
You always famously said yeah. you didn't like that. It wasn't. No. Why would you? Oh, it's just ghastly. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you about Jeff and yes. Lloyd, who's your great yes. friend and our yes, mutual he is friend. My late and life friend. I know. And did you meet on that Absolute Radio yes. interview? Yes. During the election campaign. Yes. And why did you guys decide to do the podcast together, which we should say is called Reasons to Be Cheerful? It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's very. Nice. I think about it's, ideas to make the world a better place, and there are. Well, lots I think of them. it's good as well because I think you're good at talking about politics in a relatable way. It's kind of accessible, and it's. But it's it is, it feels like it's it's your version of a think tank essentially. Yes, that's a good way <clears> of putting it. I think. Um, so it was Jeff's idea. I mean, he deserves the credit for this. You know, he. I was thinking, oh, should I set up a think tank? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I, you know, it was quite hard to know what to do after the election. Mm. Well, this was sort of eighteen months, nearly two years actually. And I got an email. Were you getting of, offers, by the way, Ed? Were you getting? Um, will oh, you go on? I'm the a offers I've had, Emily. <laughs> if only I could tell you. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, no. Uh, yeah, I've got. I had lo- I've had a lot. What of was those. the weird? I bet. Did you get strictly condolences? Uh, there was a car. Uh, there's a car, driving a car program. Learning to drive a, like a sports car. I don't know, sort of type program or rally car program. There was. A, I've had two different offers about like buffing up, uh, and then you sort of you reveal your buffed up sort of bod in front of a live studio audience. I don't know whether those programs have ever been made or are being made. Um, strictly a couple of times. Um, I bet there were lots where they basically tried to crowbar your surname da- somehow into it. So it'd be something dancing to do with the band. Ice. Dancing you know, on ice. Dancing on ice. Yeah, dancing on ice. I mean, God, me dancing on ice would be like a sort of giraffe trying to sort of dance on ice. So. I can't believe they offered you that. I mean, you're like, a de- like as if you're going to do dance. What, you, it should be sort of marks on ice or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, so you were given these weird offers, and then you thought, no, I'm going to. Well, do... I think for most of them, I I, I basically turned down them all. Yeah. Apart from the last leg, I mean, have I got news for you? I've, I've sort of. I the last leg was great because you. Well, did... I just did one thing, and I just quite they're quite nice, and I did it, and you know, uh, but I've generally sort of not wanted to do that stuff. Not not because it's a bad thing to do, just because it wasn't sort of my thing. Yeah. Um, well, you're still an MP. Um, so you're still an MP. You know, and, I and you certainly that. can't go off and... Do, I just don't think you can go off for weeks on end and do Strictly Come Dancing. Um, or go well, to, also, you I've never been offered the jungle, but I was offered the jungle after show. That's, that's how B-list I am. The jungle after show? What, so you'd be on the panel? Yeah. I'm talking about people e- about like eating rats Collins's performance. Yeah. Um, but it's so weird that idea, and it is the Trump thing that people just mix in politics with. Do you know what I mean? It's like I it's, it's the same job. I, I think it, it says so something about politics, though. This because yeah. it's like the one of the other things that people say when they meet me, apart from our, you're taller than I expected. Yeah. Where's you, sometimes they say, "Where's your bodyguards?" or really? "Where's your security?" or "I wouldn't expect to see you on the tube." Really? Or "Oh, you're in standard class on the train." Uh, I mean, there's quite often there is that. Yeah, but that's, that's because politicians seem like a sort of remote bunch of people from the planet, sort of, you know, yeah. goodness knows where. Well, there is Zarg. a sort of, I mean, there is a sort of ministerial, you know, when you're in the cabinet, yeah, sure, that's sure. all different, isn't it? But you're right. So you were given all these offers and then Jeff... And Jeff said, we, look, people are feeling really depressed about the world. Yeah. There must be good ideas out there. Yeah. Would you be my sort of partner in taking people through them? And he had I was, a real man 
crush on you. And I'm well. No, I think I think he was very insightful. And I, yeah. I and I, yeah, I was quite sort of thinking, oh, what was this going to be like? And then the general election of 2017 happened, so it sort of got delayed. Yeah. And then we sort of launched it. And I said, well, let's just let's just do a pilot and see how it goes because, you know, I was thinking. William Hague said this thing to me after the election. He yeah. said, he said, they've got three pieces of advice. One is, um, oh God, what were they? Well, anyway, one piece of advice, I can't remember what they were, but the one most important thing was, make sure the next thing you do is successful. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, in other words, don't do something which is a sort of great flop. He also said to me, you'll carry on doing, you'll carry on being the same person you are. And people say, my, isn't he different? Really? Yeah. And that's exactly what's and happened. And that's exactly what's happened. He said it to me really early on. It was really interesting. Well, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And, what, and once you yeah. take the crown off, yeah. you know, we all know there's, there's a certain... Plus, I would say my own impression of you is that you're quite authentic. And I personally think that damaged people probably... I think it's a sign of emotional damage in a way to say, right, I'm going to go onto a world stage and just spill out everything about myself and not have any sort of armour protecting me and my family. Well, I... And you decided to do what I think was an emotionally healthy thing, which was there was a... I think you necessarily have to have something that you hang up at the end of the day, you know, to keep yeah, things real, yeah. because that's a public job. Yeah. Um, I tried not to do my memoirs or anything as well. I just would thought, you never do that? Oh, I don't know, maybe like in 20 years' time, but I just sort of think, oh, I just didn't, and also a kind of self-justificatory account of why, you know, I was right about everything. I just sort of thought, I'm gone. So, Jeff and your relationship is lovely, and it is, yeah, like I said, it's a bromance. It, it feels like you have such a great rapport together, and your mates as well in yeah, real life, definitely. aren't you? But I mean, we became mates because of the podcast, and uh, he sent me a nice picture this morning with one sleeve rolled up and one sleeve not rolled up, which unconsciously I've done. <laughs> what is this sleeve thing know. that you do? <laughs> he says, I'm doing the ed with a one sleeve rolled up and one sleeve ro not rolled up. Is he one of your best male friends now? Definitely. Do you ever, Ed, when you're, um, and I want to say, actually, everyone should listen to Reasons to be Cheerful because it's really opened my eyes about lots of things, you know, and it's, it's accessible, but it's funny as well. And I, you're sort of hilarious on it as well. And Jeff, I feel sort of comfortable there. It's interesting. Yeah, it? you sound it. You sound yeah. really comfortable, but I think you're likeable. I think your media persona is very, it's well. not a media persona, it's who you are, but <clears throat> free from those yeah. shackles, your soul can sing openly, yeah. to paraphrase. Earl Spencer. Um, come here, please. Raymond. Oh, Ed, I really loved our walk. I know you've got... So what is your day today? I don't know. I'm about to go into my office and... And what's the... And there's the office in... Portcullis House in Westminster. What an office. I mean, yeah. that's so posh, isn't it? Well, kind of. <laughs> I was hoping for something posher. Uh, uh, um, uh, Do you know what? I think it's probably made you uh, happier. Possibly. Mm. That's like something an old friend of your mum says. But yeah, I do I'm I think, sure. No, Ed, I think... I think I'd prefer to watch the election if it's all the same to you. <laughs> Beryl. <laughs> OK. I'm, I think your kids will be less 
there'll be less pressures on your kids. I think that's definitely true. I think that's definitely true. And you know, Justine and I never really, we'd sort of occasionally talk about what would it mean to move into Downing Street, but we were slightly in denial about it because it would have been, and know, also Justine. One of the, one of the teacher, a teacher told Daniel that when he was quite young, so he must have only been five or six, six you know, that he would have to, if, no, it was five actually, uh, that he would have to move house. Did he? Yeah. What did Daniel say? Was he a bit sure? I don't know. I think he didn't quite know. I personally also think for Justine, you know, I loved it when I yeah, met your kids yeah. because they introduced, they said... She wouldn't have become a High Court judge if I'd won the election. Well, do you know what they Probably. said, which I love? When I asked Dan and Sam, I said, what do you... I asked about the parents and they, I said, have you got a dog? And they said, no. And I said, oh, why not? And they said, well, my mother's a High Court judge and my father's an MP for Doncaster North. So it's very difficult because we're very busy. And what I loved is that, firstly, it was so such a brilliant answer. But also what I loved is that Justine came first. Yes, that's a good point. That was important that's to me. That's a really interesting point. I hope you take that in the right way. No, 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 no. It's good, actually. And I'm not sure she would have if... I think it would have been very hard to become the High Court judge if you're the wife of the Prime Minister, isn't it? I mean, that would have been... I think she would have been wrestled into yeah. Bowdoin cardigans. They would have made her wear Daily Mail friendly dresses. And I think she's an impressive, interesting yeah. woman in her own right. And I, and I would have felt upset about that. Really, that's really fair enough. That's really... Ed, true. you always go, great point, really fair. Like, you're very... Re, you're always sort of... Um, I noticed that when I chat to you. You're not contradictory. You encourage people when you talk to them. I think there's something about politics that can turn people into sort of, I don't quite know what the right word is, but sort of. Arseholes. No, I think maybe that too, but I, I think it's more, you get a sort of inflated sense of your own importance. I'm sure I have it too, but you know, just. What would people? I think li- I think I think the ability to keep learning yes. and keep listening and have some Teachers. humility is quite difficult, uh, and I think it's really important actually. What do you most worry that people say about you when you leave a room? I asked Matt Ford that who did this podcast. You know Matt. And yeah. I said, "What do you worry people will say?" I was thinking about Matt. He's too, and he said, "Much." <laughs> what do you think? What do you worry when you? leave a room that people might say the thing about Ed? I don't think I worry about what people say about me when I leave the room, actually. Funnily enough, do do I? That's why you were leader, probably. Do I worry about what people say about me? Do you know that's a fair enough answer? I think I worry, I think I'd, I think the only thing I'd worry about is not what I would say about me. But I would worry about whether I've said something that accidentally offends them. So, for example, I'll think I'll say to Lindsay afterwards, "Look, I said this thing to Emily about her dog being like a toupee. Do you think that's a bad thing?" Or I'll, I'll say, "Lindsay's your um, yeah, who worked with me in Parliament, you in Parliament and my chief well, staff in Parliament." Jeff as well. And I'll probably say to Jeff, "Do you think that's all right? You know, will you check with Emily that I haven't offended her because you know?" So I think I'll I wouldn't tend to worry about what people say about me, but I'll worry about. You know, was I nice enough to that person? Yeah, Did I, yeah. That, that's, because I think I have in my mind the sort of, some of the fractious elements of yeah. my childhood, yeah, yeah. I think, 
I've got to be the smoother over. Yeah. I don't think that's an entirely good characteristic to have, by the way. Don't you? I no. have that as well. I relate I think to it. it. No, because I think it's sort of... Well, I think it's hard in an organisation to be the person that always wants to smooth things over. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you absorb everyone else's feelings a lot of the time. Slightly, yeah. And that can yes. be exhausting. And I've loved our chat, oh, honestly. I've loved it too. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think, how do you feel about dogs since you've had the walk with Raymond? Because oh, I know your boys... Raymond is looking so sweet. Raymond is looking like, please adopt another one like me. Do you think you and Justine and the boys would ever consider it? Maybe we should do some Raymond dog sitting as a trial. Yes. Ed, I loved it. Thank you. No, can, thank you. Can we, um, I mean, uh, am I allowed to hug you? Definitely. Um, oh. Will you dog sit Raymond? Definitely. Well, you promise not to say he has. He looks like a toothache again. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I offended you. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that. And do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.